from the Indianapolis Star, uh, Jay Michael, uh, Pacers beat writer, kind enough to join us right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. How are you? Uh, I'm pretty good despite uh, having two hours sleep, but I'm good. Uh, it, it makes it seem like you got a lot going on right now, right? Yeah, you know, you're always on edge, man. I'm, I'm hesitant to take a step away, you know, because I'm afraid I'm going to miss a phone call or, or an email or a text or something and then have to start working. So, yeah, I've been glued to my laptop in my home office uh, since 6 p.m. yesterday. <laughs> Obviously, we've got a lot of interest here in the state of Utah about Boyan Bogdanovich. And what I'd like you to do is take us back to that moment where Oladipo goes down, expectations were to make the postseason, probably lost those, but Boyan stepped up. I want you to talk about that and just him overall as a person. Yeah, I mean, you know, Bogey's, um, you know, there's a question of whether or not he could he could carry the bulk of the the offense, you know, because he's really, you look at his career, uh, I, also, I also covered him when, uh, when he was in Washington, D.C., and uh, he had that brief time with the Wizards when he was traded from Brooklyn. So if you look at his role even there and, and previously in Brooklyn where he came off the bench a lot, he had never been put in a position where he had to be the number one guy. So that was new to him. And not only, you know, he can get buckets, everybody knows that, but then, you know, it comes to reading the defense, facilitating, um, and that sort of thing, which, you know, hasn't been the strength of his game because, you know, in part because he's never really had to do a lot of it. So uh, you, you saw some evolution there last year. Um, he carried them offensively. He ran into trouble, though, in the postseason um, because when it comes to, you know, Bogey can get his shot. You know, if you switch a small, you know how many – you know, so many teams switch defenses in the NBA. You put a small on them. Uh, they started using him to post up guards whenever te- teams would try to hide their smaller, lesser athletic player on bogey, figuring, well, all he's going to do is spot up for three, and you can get away with that. Well, they started uh, having him run cuts through the lane and, you know, basically or doing some rip action so he could get low post or mid post position, and he started killing smaller guards on post up. So then teams started to take that away. So then he had to face up, break guys down off the dribble, and try to get to the rim. And the biggest, the biggest evolution that I've seen in him was that he was pretty much a guy that if you didn't give him the three-point shot, maybe he does a one or two dribbles and pulls up, but he wouldn't take it all the way to the rim. And now you see him consistently going all the way to the rim trying to finish strong. So uh, I think he's evolved in that, in that way, and he's probably going to get better at it. It just hasn't been asked of him very much. And as a person, I'm going to tell you, man, Bogey will seem like – he doesn't want to be bothered because, you know, he, like he might be surly or he may be angry or he may be, you know, I don't want to be bothered by anything. Don't talk to me. But actually, he's an incredibly funny guy and he's a great interview and he's a great talker. It's just that, you know, it's, uh, it's just this, this thing about him. You know, he, he's a really sarcastic, um, funny guy. And he likes the one thing he told me for a profile I did on him going into the postseason. He likes hard coaching. He doesn't like coaches that kiss his backside, tell him everything he's doing is great when they know he's not playing well enough. He can, he, he'll tell you he can accept hard criticism. You're not doing your job. You're not carrying your weight. You're not hustling enough on defense. He can handle all of that, and he not, won't take it personal from a teammate or from a coach. And I think him having that thick skin, you know, being that he played so much in Europe coming up, 
where he says coaches would cuss you out and say things to you that would make some people cry in the NBA. He's 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 developed a really tough exterior, so he can handle that as well. So he's he's um he's he's really an understated guy, and I think you guys are gonna enjoy him a lot over there. He's one of my favorite people to deal with in the league. Talk about him defensively and what Jazz fans can expect to see from a defensive side because this team is is centered around defense. They wanted to get better offensively, but how is he defensively and how do you think he fits in with that? I mean, he's played better defensively. He's been way better the last few years. I mean, obviously, I think if he's an average defender, that's the best. I think that that's a win for you uh, because, you know, he doesn't have the greatest lateral movement. You can't all of a sudden give him great lateral movement. Uh, but, you know, he's been forced by the Pacers, especially with Coach Nate McMillan, in order to, you know, get these responsibilities to show some effort on defense consistently. And he's done that. Um, the, the biggest thing, I think, more so than with defense with him is rebounding. Because one of the biggest things I've noticed when I was doing film on him all season is I do on all the Pacers and, and, and their opponents coming up. So, you know, I make sure I at least sound like I know what I'm talking about. My biggest criticism about him was that he does not always hit his man on box outs. And so you'll see him fall asleep and don't, don't finish to play defensively by keeping a body on somebody. And you'll see sometimes his man slips in there, gets a put back, extends a possession. I think that's the bigger issue with him than, than anything. He, he will make the effort the rest of the possession, but defensively, you know, him getting out-rebounded by smaller guys on those switches, I think that's the bigger issue that I have than actually his defense. Because, you know, if he, you can play for Nate McMillan, who's pretty tough, and Dan Burke, the assistant coach, who's basically the defensive coordinator here, if you can handle what they ask of you defensively, you can probably handle most of what anybody else in the league is going to ask you. But I would say his uh, rebounding uh, defensively is, um, uh, you know, is, is huge. And he kind of falls asleep on that sometimes and doesn't use that six foot eight frame is he is he a natural four or a natural three i think he's a natural three um you know he plays some four obviously with a lot of teams playing small ball you know he, he gets used at the four he got used here at the four quite a bit uh and again i think part of the reason why mcmillan kind of shied away from it at times was because the, the large mismatch that they had when bogey actually had to say match up with al horford who was playing the four that they were getting killed on the boards uh, but he's more of a natural three. Uh, the biggest thing I would tell you, though, is a, nat- is a three that, you know, Bogey, when he gets the ball up top, when he isolates, nine times out of ten, he's going to go to his right hand. He's going to drive right. And smart defenses are gonna pick, will pick up on that and try to force him left. It's not that he can't go left, but he's going to go right. And when he puts his head down and goes right, he's going to shoot the ball. doesn't matter if it's a good shot, it's a bad shot, it's a contested shot. When he puts his head down and he goes that direction, you know, sometimes he loses sight that there are four of the guys on the court who might be open. So that's kind of the drawback sometimes when he has the ball up top. But I, I say he's more of a three than a four. But you can, you can use him in four as a four, depending what your matchups are. Did they play him much in a pick and roll? Uh, they started playing him a lot in pick and roll. Um, you know, that, that's one of the things that I noticed when he was in Brooklyn, that he was actually good at running a pick and roll. And then when he got to D.C., you didn't see it anymore. They didn't use him in that way. And then, you know, he, when Oladipo goes out, you know, Nate McMillan had to come up with some other ways to, to get bogey shots, and they started running some spread sets and some high ball screens for him. So, yes, he, he can run the pick and roll. He's good with that. But, again, you know, he looks for a shot first. 
And you know, but if you put some, you know, you put some shooters around him. Now, the, the other side of that argument is this: the Pacers didn't have a lot of shooters on his team last year, so you know, probably part of his mentality too is nobody else is going to take the shot, have the confidence to take the shot and make the shot. So I might as well do it. So I'm curious to see how he plays when he has more shot makers, which is where he has now in Utah, than what he had here last season when he was put in that role, handling the ball. Jay, what's he like when push comes to shove, when things get really tough on the court, physical and tough? Because the Jazz lost a couple of guys that love to get nasty, guys like Derek Favors and Jay Crowder. They, they like to be physical. They like they like that aggressive play, and they'd get into dog fights, and typically they'd get the better end of it. What, what's he like in those moments? I think he can be he can be good in some of those moments. I, I, I don't know if he'd be on that level of Jay Crowder when it comes to wanting to get in those dogfights, but I think, you know, you'll see Bogey every time a play doesn't go his way. You know, he will complain to the officials just about every time. But, I mean, I don't know if that makes him unique to most other people in the league. But he's a, he's a look, this is a tough, rugged guy who was playing professionals in Europe when he was 15. So, you know, he doesn't get to this point without having some toughness. Um, but... You know, I, I, I think, and when I—that's why I brought up previously the rebounding aspect. That when it came to getting that 50-50 ball or putting yourself in position for that, um, he sometimes kind of checked out of the possession, thinking it was over. And I don't know if that's a matter of toughness or is just mental discipline of not stopping the play. And I think he has work to do on that end to finish in possession strong. And, and, and not getting, you know, wrapped up in, I just messed up this shot, I just missed the easy shot, I just missed this, messed up on this play. I think he can get better, or he needs to get better in that area. But I think overall he's a tough guy, but he has room to grow in that, in that regard. Jay Michael from the Indianapolis Star, kind enough to join us here on the Zone Sports Network. How much of an effort did uh, the Pacers put in to try to keep him in Indianapolis? He was the number one priority among free agents. Um, that they had, and he pretty much was the guy out of everybody they had, and they had like six or seven free agents. He was the number one guy they wanted to bring back, but there was an anticipation that his price range might be a little bit too much, uh, which is why on draft night they traded for T.J. Warren to kind of help fortify those forwards, but they they, they liked him here, um, you know, and he, you know, you know they, they like, you know, a lot of stuff about his, his, his personality. He's low-maintenance, um, you know, there's, there's, there's not a bunch of drama that, that comes with him. Um, and so he kind of fits, you know, Indiana is similar to Utah in, in the way that the way the front offices kind of envision the type of players, like the personality, the off-the-court type of guys that you want to have. There's certain guys who aren't going to be in the mix because they don't fit uh, with the franchises in those cities kind of want in their players. And so that's why Bogey was so popular here. He kind of fits the person that you not just that you want off the court as well and like i said he he's a low maintenance guy who you can get on and say hey if you're not playing better instead of getting salty about it he's going to try to play harder so i think the move with bogdanovich is to push that horse as much as you can if he's not doing something well enough just keep pushing him he's not gonna i don't think he's gonna he's gonna fight back or rebel against it i think it makes him play better and i think the more you do that the better and that's that's why indiana valued him so much yeah, I'm sure you're doing a lot like Scotty and I are doing here in the West, trying to figure out what's going on with the Lakers. I'm sure you're <laughs> what what Brooklyn just did, thinking, wow, he's got a lot better. How tough is the East, and what are your thoughts on Brooklyn's moves? I mean, Brooklyn's moves are good. I mean, look, Brooklyn won't have Kevin Durant, obviously, for another year, so I still 
Brooklyn's still going to be a pretty a top. I think they're competing for top four. Uh, I like the move that uh, I like the move short term that Philly made. I'm not sure if what Philly's done with Al Horford for four years long term is going to be the best thing for a guy who's in his mid 30s. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm interested in watching them again this year, even though they lost Jimmy Butler, because I like that they acquired Josh Richardson. Um, of course, you know, I, so I, I think the East is kind of similar in a lot of ways even though some pieces have moved in terms of the top four or five teams. You know, I don't, I don't see Detroit, you know, jumping up. I mean, I think Atlanta's going to be much better and that sort of thing. But I don't see the bottom teams in the East making a serious challenge. To, well, provided if Toronto loses Kawhi Leonard, now that does change yeah. significantly. But outside of that, let's say Kawhi stays, Toronto's still top four, Milwaukee's still top four. Uh, obviously, Brooklyn, uh, which uh, was a six seed last year, will be a top four team, uh, and I think Philly will be a top four team. So, you know, that kind of, you know, and, and I think most most other things are kind of open for debate and discussion. I think because even with the Pacers themselves, they still have some other moves to make. They're not going to have Oladipo until December at the earliest. So, I mean, I don't know. I like the moves they've made, but I don't know what they're going to be. And so, there's a lot of question marks. I still think beneath that top four or five teams in the Eastern Conference. I'm not holding you to this at all. We're just okay. it's just pure speculation. Uh, <laughs> because you're you're an NBA guy, you're an Eastern Conference guy. If you had to uh, if you had to wager where Kawhi's playing next year, what 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 would you think? Uh man, I'll be sick to my stomach if he goes to the Lakers just because I know, right? Um, yeah. It's you know, you, you you've not only uh, out you not only just won the championship on your own but, you know, you won your first championship in MVP by basically owning LeBron James in the finals. So, my, at least for me, and maybe I'm different, my ego would kick in just a little bit on that one. Yeah. Um, but I, I think he may end up on the West Coast. I'm not sure which, the Lakers or the Clippers, but I think he, he may end up on the, the West Coast because I felt like if he's going to stay in Toronto or maybe the decision would be a lot quicker and a lot easier and wouldn't be dragged out. It seems like he's thinking about something. And yeah. uh, but I mean I would pr- I would prefer if he stayed in Toronto just because of the obviously the balance and you know the West is going to be a murderer's row as it is without Kawhi going to one of those teams if he goes there too I mean the path of getting back to the finals is is, is, is murder over there I mean it's Golden State found out it's it's so difficult you have nothing left sometimes if you get to the, if the NBA finals. Jay, this is fun, man. Appreciate your time. Uh, enjoy the rest of free agency and uh, look forward to catch up again soon. Thank you so much, Jay. Yeah, no problem, guys. Anytime. Take care. Jay Michael from the Indy Star. Good insight. Good info.